Welcome to Sports Talk with R and J. I am Steve Risser, along here with Justin Anafrio, and we got a lot of we got a busy show today. A ton of things to talk about. I mean, you got you know a ton of things in the NFL with name changes, a lot of money getting thrown around to players. Uh, uh, you got uh, you got COVID issues that that are that are uh, with college football right now, affecting college football, and obviously some players and again, and so for some for some big time teams in the NBA and, and uh, baseball that that uh, got COVID-19 this week, week. So we got a huge show planned, but we're going to start in the NFL and we're going to start with the franchise with the today at four o'clock is the deadline for NFL players to sign long-term deals, uh, players who sign franchise acts to sign long-term deals. And guess who we're starting with? And we've been talking about this guy for a while. Uh, Dak Prescott, I mean, still has not uh, agreed to a long-term deal with the Cowboys. And who knows how long this is going to go. I mean, this was, we were talking about this last year. I mean, they were talking about a long-term deal. They didn't get it done. I mean, even in March, we've been talking about it. Even during the season, they've been talking about it. And they still have not been able to agree to a deal. And it looks like they're not going to be able to agree to a deal because I've heard the sides haven't even talked since March. And this is really, really getting serious. And you're starting to get the thought the first, the first time you're really getting that thought that Dak might not be a Dallas Cowboy after the 2020 season. Yeah, this is uh, yeah, very interesting. And um, now, you know, going back to, you know, should he get the money or not? Cause I know we've talked about that a lot. Dan Olaski actually tweeted out the other day. He's actually one of four quarterbacks in the last two years that against playoff teams have more turnovers than touchdowns. And on that list is Mitchell Trubisky, Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, and Dak Prescott. So that's um, so out of four quarterbacks, or uh, out of thirty-two quarterbacks, four of them. And again, it just goes—it kind of shows you, you know. Again, he hasn't done well in the big games pretty much since his uh, rookie year. The pro, you know, um, but it—it it is getting serious, and now it kind of looks like this Dalton signing. Um, maybe Dalton's the next guy in Dallas to be a starting quarterback. Who knows? Um, but it do- doesn't seem like they've talked, and it could kind of be problem. You know, who knows? Now next year, the, I know the franchise tag. They do if the Cowboys franchise tag him again, he get thirty eight million. Um, yeah, so I don't think the Cow- Cousins situation. Yeah, it's Kirk Cousins. It's Kirk Cousins all over again. I just don't think the Cowboys are going to be want to do that. Give give uh, franchise him again for thirty eight million. I just can't see that happening at all. No, I I couldn't, especially because you know. They figure because how much more because how much you know if because if they can't figure out a long term deal yeah why would you want to pay a quarterback thirty eight million when you do have a decent guy behind him in any adult and I know he's not great but he can get the job done until January and then you know maybe get get you a playoff one or two so yeah it would save you a bunch of money maybe there's a guy in the draft that they like who knows. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, the more it goes on, the less and less I think you could be Dallas Cowboy in the future. Oh, I, I agree with you there. I mean, it's just it's been it's been crazy. I mean, it just I, I just don't don't know why. the. I mean, yes. Is Dak Prescott a great quarterback? Should he be worth all this money? No, but he's good enough. If Kirk Cousins is making 33 million a year, if uh, Jared Goff is making 33 million a year, Dak Prescott should be should be making 33 million a year. I mean, this quarter, yes, he struggled against good teams. He, he, he put up a lot of good numbers against a lot of bad teams last year. But still, the guy right now 
is a top is a top ten quarterback in this league. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the league and with the right pieces around him, which they do have on offense. The Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, and they have a top five offensive line with Tyron Smith, uh, Zach Martin, and Lyle Collins. This is this, this offensive personnel. Yes, they have to improve on defense, but he has the pieces around him that he's he that he's good. It's he's good enough to win a Super Bowl with. I mean, so I just don't know what the Cowboys are doing and not paying this guy. I, I because if they don't come up come up come up with a long term deal, but he's pro- they're probably he's probably going to end up walking and. And it's tough, and it's tough to find another quarterback. I mean, yes, there's going to be, there, are, there are options out there. I mean, Derek Carr could be a free agent after next year. I mean, there are guys you can take in the draft, but are they going to be bad enough to get? A, they're not going to be bad enough to get Trevor Lawrence. They're not going to be bad enough to get Justin Fields. So, I think the best option right now is to take Dak Prescott. But that just isn't what you, it doesn't look like what Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones are doing right now. Yeah, and isn't one of Jerry Jones' saying as well is you know his best. His best accusations has been when he's overpaid his guys, or like his best players have been the ones that he's overpaid. He said something, you know. So now I don't think he should be getting forty. I think the highest Dallas should go is thirty-seven and a half, thirty-eight. But if you really like this guy, you really want him in Dallas, then give him the money. Now I, you know, I wouldn't go higher than thirty-eight, which um, but. It it it, it kind of seems like such a Dallas thing right now that they're just that they just cannot figure this thing out, and you know what does it do? I think you know team chemistry wise, the Dak kind of not really talking with Dallas. You're trying to get an extension. What does it kind of do with the rest of the offensive unit? Like you know chemistry wise, especially you know maybe with a new guy like C.D. Lamb. Um, you know, does it hurt? Who knows? I don't and know. And you got a new coach in Mike McCarthy. Yes, yeah. they're yes, they're keep they did retain Kellen Moore as the different at the offensive coordinator, but you do have a Mike you do have a new coach in Mike McCarthy. And how, how are things gonna work there? I mean, there's a lot of question marks there, and uh it's it's gonna be this I, we know right now it's a very fluid situation because the deadline isn't until four o'clock. We could get breaking news even on this show that, that he signs a long-term deal, but as of right now, it looks like it's there's no way that's gonna happen. It doesn't because I don't think they've spoken yeah since March. I don't think they, I don't think they've really spoken since Dallas threw out the five year one seventy five million, and what she declined. And which is a crazy thing is too is it's like it seems like it's one year that they're off here. It seems like it's kind of the year too. Dak only wants four. Dallas wants five. Um, it's like if it's one year, just figure it out. It's kind of you know. Yeah, but as I said last week, the reason that that that's a problem is is Dak doesn't want his money to get spread around. He wants less years so he can get all the money that that he wants in this contract. Which, as we're seeing with the Pat Mahomes contract, it really makes you look pretty bad if you kind of want the money for yourself. Which I never thought Dak was that type of guy. I thought he was a team first type of player, especially when I saw it because I loved him at Mississippi State. I was a huge fan of him. And pretty much as he's got to Dallas, and this is going to all happen. I'm kind of not really a big Dak Prescott, any, Dak Prescott fan anymore because of all, you know. I just think that he should, you know, we're kind of seeing all these guys be, you know, Mahomes with the uh, team first type of mentality here. And it's just kind of just seems like he's by himself, you know, with himself, which I think also hurt chemistry, especially maybe with McCarthy, a new, you know, new coach, um, and in the locker room. It's, you know. It's not, it does not look like a great situation in Dallas right now. 
Yeah, and I mean, Dak Prescott reportedly received his final contract offer, uh, final offer for an extension. It's around 33 to 35 million. So that's something he probably should take. Yeah. But looking at what Mahomes got, I think Dak right now is looking at getting, you know, and, and seeing, and he's seeing next year, okay, if if I don't sign a long term deal, I could get 38, I could play on the franchise tag again for 38 million. I, I just think that. Right now, I just don't. I just don't see it happening. I don't see. I don't see they're gonna that that either side are gonna agree. I don't either. And um, you know, I know this is probably me getting a little bit too far ahead. But going back to what you're saying with you know, made Derek Hart being a free agent, if Dallas does maybe let that go with you know a swap, because I know Gruden loves his uh, scramblers. That's why they got Mariota. Would uh, Las Vegas be a suit suitor? I don't. I don't know. Um, that's probably looking too far ahead in the future, but yeah, I, I think at this point I would not be shocked if Dak does not figure out a long-term deal in the future with Dallas. It just does not seem like they're on speaking terms right now, which, you know, I don't know how many Dallas fans feel about that, but again, this is a guy you got in the fourth round too. So you haven't been paying him a ton. It's not like, you know, this first round guy, you've been paying him a ton he was a fourth round pick so i don't know. I, it's just i i'd go 38 million is the highest i go with him but we'll see what happens yeah it'll, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening between the two sides but we're going to go to another top player and that's derrick henry and it looks like uh them the titans and him are also not going to agree to a long-term deal because uh and, and of course joe chimed in not fair to say he's a leader and his teammates support him so We'll see what ends up happening with Dak. We'll move on to Derrick Henry now. And yeah, I mean, he's 10 point, he's now due to make 10.2 million. Uh, I mean, he was one of the best running backs in the, in the league, but here's the argument. He's 26 and for running backs, that's not that young. And he led the league in attempts last year. So you don't know what Derrick Henry, say you give him like, you know, like the deal you gave Christian McCaffrey, like, uh, four years, 64 million. You gave him 16, 17 million a year. You don't know what Derrick Henry you're going to get. Uh, at, at the at the end of that contract, so I think the Titans are being very conservative, and also I think another reason is they're going to want to pay guys on that defense. Some of the better players on their defense on that defense, those con- their contracts are going to be up. Guys like Adoree Jackson, guys like Jayon Brown, and then eventually they'll probably want to pay AJ Brown as well. So I think that I personally, and this is like the one out of all the moves on these that with him and Dak are the two two guys that. Uh, are probably not going to get long-term deals who, I, deals who I think should get long-term deals. Even though Derrick Henry plays a non-premium position, he was so dominant last year in the playoffs for the Titans. He was dominant against the Patriots. He was dominant against the Ravens. He was so dominant last year where I think even with his, even though he's not the youngest guy, even with his age, I think he should get a long-term deal. I'm actually with you. And, you know, one of the reasons too is this kid, you know, I remember what he was squatting Alabama, you know, like the, 600, 650, like this guy was just a beast coming out. He's just, the way he builds, not like running backs. The way he can just run over guys and it takes three, four guys to actually take this guy down, which is crazy. And I think, you know, and he was such a huge part um, when Tannehill took over and, you know, the play action game, the running game, because it, it really worked out well. So I think, how well that offense kind of came together that second half of the season. I think this is a guy you got to keep, especially in a very competitive AFC South. You already got the Texans, which I know is probably going to take a step back without DeAndre Hopkins. 
and you got the Colts who are, you know, looking up right now. They've had a good offseason. So I th- I really think if you want to keep competing in this AFC South, I think you got to be able to keep Derrick Henry. I think he's a guy you got to keep – I think he's a guy you got to pay, take a shot on. Um, just the way the second half ended for you guys, getting all the way to the um, AFC championship game. And remember, too, they had a double-digit lead, too, against Kansas City. So they were pretty much in that game in the first half. I think he's a guy you got to pay um, and have him stick around because um, – you know, it, it looked really good the second half of the season. Oh, absolutely. And who would have thought for the Titans? I mean, who would have thought at the beginning of last year that with uh, Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota, uh, uh, Derek Henry, and Jack Conlon, all free agents, the one guy they would pay was uh, Ryan Tannehill. They paid him $29.5 million, uh, during free agency because they, they let Mariota walk, they let Conlon walk, and they gave Henry the franchise tag. Who would have thought that would be the guy they, they they would pay? But it just shows you the power of the quarterback position in this league. I mean, you could have a running back that's clearly a better player than your quarterback, but it just shows you how important the quarterback in this league is in this league and how, unfortunately, how devalued the running back is becoming in this league because Derrick Henry is definitely a better player than Ryan Tannehill, but Ryan Tannehill's getting all the money. He's getting the uh, $29.5 million and Derrick Henry's playing for two. Uh, 10.2 million this year if they, if they don't come up with a long-term deal which it looks like they're not yeah it's it's crazy you know how but you know i guess the quarterbacks it's runs the offense you know he's in control of everything so you know it is crazy that yeah they all you know make a ton and they're not even some of them most of them you know, aren't even the best player on their team and they get you know and derrick henry yes yeah, sitting here um you know um, it, it's, it is great, you know, cause yeah, running backs have been devalued because just the length that we've seen most of these guys go the last few years, um, kind of as they get older, pretty much, you know, late twenties, early thirties, it's kind of when they're all breaking down and all that, um, he's getting close to that, but you know, I'm definitely with you. I think you, you just gotta be able to pay this guy. I just think the offense just look, it looks so much better. Cause I think they still have Deion Luke, but they really haven't used him at all all um in the backfield i think this is a guy you gotta pay uh i yeah i agree with you i think the way <laughs> Joseph, built, yes. I go another four or five years the way he's built he's just he's not built like most running backs with his size i would i wouldn't say four, okay, I, 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 I would say four or five i'd say probably i'd say three i'd say three good years left that would be my that would be my take on it three i i i just because i think he's what i want to actually look up his he's like six uh, to just just how big he is, I think he'd be able to give you another good four, uh, five years before he starts breaking down. But um, it's definitely a guy they need to stick around. Absolutely. So we'll go to a guy who agreed to a extension yesterday, and that's Chris Jones of the Chiefs. And he is. And I wrote an article about this yesterday. If you guys saw on the, on the up on the website, he is the best player on the Chiefs defense. He's an interior disruptor. He can stop. He's a really good run stopper. He can get to the quarterback. Had 15, 15 sacks in two thousand eighteen. Last year he had nine sacks. He missed some games. I mean, he read, they, they agreed to a four year, eighty five million dollar extension, which is going to pay him over twenty million, which he wants. So the Chiefs paying him what he wants. And we said it last week, the chiefs with the 10 year contract, Patrick Mahomes is getting, they're able to spread all this money around and now they're able to give it to Chris Jones. So really smart of the chiefs to to lock this guy up. He's the best player on their defense. And like I said yesterday in my article, this is going to make the chiefs uh, the favorite 
it, to win the Super Bowl for the, the, this move and the Mahomes move are going to make the fit, be, make the Chiefs a favorite to win the Super Bowl for the next decade. Yeah, I did see your article on uh, Chris Jones. Yeah, it was a good article. Uh, good job on it. And I think this is a guy you definitely, it's his defense. You got to be uh, keep around now, especially with Mahomes. He's probably going to, for the next, you know, de- decade, probably be able to put up 30 points a game. So, you know, um, he's a good guy, you know, I have around. I know pretty, you know, in two last year, it was like the three games um, or the first time he's ever missed um, a couple games in the NFL. The first three years, he hadn't missed one game, um, you know, in his career. Missed a couple this year. So he's been pretty healthy. He's already has 33 sacks in his career. Um he had 15 and a half, uh, 2018. So yeah, he's been playing, you know, he's definitely, he's kind of the anchor on that defense and that defense played a little bit better this year was so, you know, was much better than the year before. Um, but yeah, you know, if they're able to spread it out, keep coming with their big guys. I know now they still got Kelsey, you know, down the line, not this year and, um, Tiger kill. Um, but yeah, you know, big to keep the guy like this in that defense. Cause as long as KC has like a decent defense, they, they, you know, they'll be fine, but they're definitely um, a contender for the Super Bowl for years to come. Oh, absolutely. So we're going to go rapid fire with uh, some of the guys who, uh, who, who, who's uh, signed franchise, who uh, had the franchise head slapped on them and have not had long-term deals done. And this is, this is a guy, this is a guy or a top receiver who did not, uh, who did not, uh, who did not uh, come the Bengals him and the Bengals did not come to do to terms of long-term deal with him. That's AJ green. I mean, he, he, they, they slapped the franchise tag on him and he was yet to sign his franchise tender. So, but I agree with the Bengals not giving him a long-term deal because he's, yes, he's one of the top receivers in, in the league. It went healthy, but the problem is when healthy because he's missed 20, he's missed 29 games in the last uh, four in the last four years. And I think it's a smart move by the Bengals not to give him a long-term deal. And you could see, and you saw it, they drafted T Higgins in the second round. So smart move by the Bengals not to give him a long-term deal. Yeah. You know, if he can be able to say, they yeah. it's definitely one type. Um, I get, you know, you still have him for the year or two to help out with Joe Burrow, but it's, yeah, you know, it's tough to give a guy a long-term deal. He can't stay on the field. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to go into another guy who did not sign his franchise tender. And that is uh, Yannick Ndokwe. And he, he, as, as we all know, he wants out of Jacksonville. He wants to be traded. But the thing that the thing is, is there are, for what the Jaguars want to get, want to get for him. There isn't teams with a ton of interest. He's a good pass rusher, but he's really never proven to be the guy. Really the guy in Jacksonville was Calais Campbell, who was traded to the Baltimore Ravens in the off season. So I, teams that want like a first round pick for an Indakway, I don't think they're getting that. They probably would have to get maybe a second or third round pick if they end up trading him. And it looks like that. It looks like he's not going to get, a long-term deal from anyone because he wants to be traded at Jacksonville. It doesn't look like the Jaguars are going to trade him. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, maybe next year he's kind of with Campbell gone. Maybe he does maybe step up, but I don't think, I don't see him really playing. Um, yeah. It sounds like Jacksonville doesn't even want to trade him at this point, which is crazy. Cause you know, you want to get something for this guy. Um, but it's just, it's just Jacksonville, you know, that's another, you know, not really kind of fair things out here trying to, get something for this guy. Um, but, you know, he's been a decent guy. You know, he's been good, decent. Um, but, you know, it's just, a, you know, it's a Jaguars. 
You got that right. You got you definitely got that right. Another guy who had a huge year last year led the NFL in sacks. That's Shaq Barrett, who the Bucks uh, uh, gave the franchise tag to in March. He signed his franchise tender about a week a week ago, and they don't look like they're going to agree to a long term deal. And I agree with this. You know, the reason why I agree with it is he had one breakout year last year and a contract year. If you look at his overall career, the most sacks he had was five and a half uh, in 2015. And one other thing about this, he should be paid like a defensive defensive end. These outside, these three, four outside linebackers need to be paid like defensive ends. No wonder they're filing grievances with the league. They sh- they should not be paid like like inside line like linebackers because really what they're doing most of the time because teams most of the time are, are are in nickel when those guys are coming after the quarterback. These uh, these three four outside linebackers need to be played like defensive ends. And uh, and again, I, I agree with the Bucks not giving Shaq Barrett a long term deal, even though he led the, the NFL in sacks last year. Yeah, that was like the one year, unless he can follow it up and have a big year this year, which who, who you know maybe he does. You know, with the way their run defense has been, it's been really good at the last few years. But and then secondary, they haven't been great. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't, you know, I don't blame the t- Tamp the Bucks here for. Um, not giving them a long-term deal, um, but you know, um, we'll see. Def- uh, defensively, you know, he's been you know he's been decent, but hasn't been you know great on the on the um, you know on the on the defense. But that he did have that one breakout year though. Absolutely, absolutely. Another guy, uh, Anthony Harris uh, from from the Vikings. Vikings with Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith, they have probably one of the be- they probably have the best safety duo in the NFL. Uh, but I do agree with not giving this guy uh, giving this guy like fifteen, sixteen million a year. I, I I agree with that because you know you got you got Dalvin Cook who, who who's who's going to be holding out because he because he wants a new contract and you might wind up paying him. You want your money wants you want to. I'll put your money towards that. You want to put your money towards, you know, improving your offensive line safety. You're really good at that position with Harrison Smith Smith. So that's why I like Anthony Harris, but I agree with not giving him a long-term deal. Yeah. I think, you know, we're seeing with Jamal Adams, he's, you know, the safety is not a big premium position and it's tough to give a safety that much money. Um, but yeah, you, you know, with um, Bar out there as well, I just, it's just not, I don't think, yeah, I don't think you can afford to give this guy 15 or $16 million. I know, you know, cornerbacks, they're not great. I know they, you know, um, upgrade a little bit draft-wise this offseason, but it's, I don't know, I, it's, it's still tough to give a safety, you know, 15 $16 million, you know, it's because it's not really a premium position out there. So, yeah, it, it, you know, smart for the Vikings not to give them the long-term deal. And you got the same issue with John to again he signed he signed the fr- franchise tag this year for the uh and i see a good point by Jim hunter is to it's going to become the highest could deal could daniel on the highest paid nfl play, player he could potentially I and mean, right now uh there it is but daniel hunter because he is that good of a pass rusher for the vikings yeah sorry uh you bring, um you say uh daniel hunter right sorry you yeah daniel hunter okay. yeah um yeah yeah he well, you know, he's been a great um he's been one of the best players on the by that Viking defense. that Viking defense has been good the last few years and you know, he definitely you know, he's definitely right up there as one of the defense player best defense players in the league. Um, you know, and I think it's another reason why they you know, they can't give Harrison that big um extension. So um you know, 
I'm fine with um with the Eve Hunter. Yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see what ends up happening there. But we'll circle back to Justin Simmons with the Broncos, and he I mean, he had a really good year with the Broncos last year. Obviously, they slapped him with the franchise tag, and uh, Pro Football Focus had him graded one of the, had him as, as one of the highest graded safeties. Oh, he was great over a ninety last year, but you got to see him do it for a couple for a couple more years for for the Broncos. So, I again another player I agree no 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 long term deal need to prove it for need to prove it. Yeah, you know, um, didn't say, but yeah, that one, yeah, you know, I'm with you. I think you got to be able to show that you can be consistent, a good player, you know, just, you know, two, three years before big contract, you know, you got to show the consistency, I think, to be able to get a long-term deal in this league. But, you know, we'll see if he's able to um, follow it up this year and consistently get a little bit better, maybe, and then work, you know, maybe, you know, next offseason they're able to, um come to extension maybe um but yeah another guy i'm with you probably not right now just you know with the one good really one really with the one good season um yeah i think it's you know it's you know i think it's the right move two guys from the afc north play the same position outside linebacker who should again again who should be franchise as defensive ends i think it's a little ridiculous but uh bud dupree the steelers and matt judon I mean, Bud Dupree is not, he's a good player. He's not a great player. He's not TJ Watt. And I think he benefits with having Watt on the other side. So that's why I, it's a very smart move by the Steelers not to give him. And you know what you, and you know what you're going to eventually have to give him in a long term deal. You're going to have to give him over 20 million if you pay him. And that's what you're giving, giving uh, TJ Watt. And for the Ravens with Matt Judon, he was their best pass rusher last year, but he won't be this year because they went out and traded Calais Campbell. And obviously, you're going to know with the amount of money you're going to have to pay Lamar Jackson, he's going to, he's going to want at least. I think he's going to want at least forty million, forty million in the next year or two. I think it's smart just to just to franchise uh, Matt Judon. Yeah, um, for Bud Dupree, yeah, because you can't pay both um, those guys, him and Watt, over twenty million dollars. You can't be doing that. So, yeah, you got to franchise tag him, and you know, just it is what it is. Because I think you, you know, you much rather probably pay T.J. Watt than Bud Dupree. Um, and then um, with the um, Raven, um, what the, I forgot who he's, who's uh, Matt Judon, Matt Judon. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you got clay, you know, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons why the Ravens went out and got Clayus Campbell for that reason. So maybe, you know, um, keep him, you know, keep Campbell instead of Judon. Um, cause yeah, you definitely got to pay Lamar Jackson in a couple of years and you know, that's going to be a hefty contract to pay up. So, um, um, was definitely, um, definitely probably the smart move by both the Steelers and Ravens. Yeah, so we'll we'll wrap this up talking about some of the local guys and uh, Leonard Williams and Joe Tooney. Uh, Leonard Williams of the Giants, they obviously didn't come come to an agreement. I I agree with that. I mean, I and, and listen, I think Leonard Williams is better than some Giant fans do. Yes, a lot of Giants fans are upset about, you know, not him and him not getting a lot of sacks, but he's an interior disruptor. He's good against the run and he can get pressure and he can get pressure on the quarterback. And he let in the eight games he played for the Giants. He had twenty quarterback pressures, and that and then that was and that led the team. He led the team in quarterback pressures with twenty. So I, I definitely agree with not giving him a long term deal. But we'll see what kind of year he is this year. And then Joe Tooney. I mean Joe Tooney, uh, a good guard for the Patriots. But with what happened with with the instability at the quarterback position, I think it's smart to do the same thing with him. Not come up with a long term deal with him. Yeah, um, for Leonard Williams coming over from the trade. Um, from the Jets last year. Yeah, you know, he wasn't bad. Um, was one of the best Giants pass rushers. 
um, you know, former first round pick. So he really hasn't um, played like a, you know, he's been good, but he hasn't really been like a first round type talent type of guy. Um, and then Joe Tooney. Yeah. You know, hopefully they get David Andrews back on the line as well. Um, too, so hopefully they, you know, they're off in the line will be better as well this year. Um, you know, I was a little bit, you know, uh, I think we lost Justin a little bit there, as obviously Joe put up the picture of a uh, Leonard Williams, and just just to wrap just to wrap that up, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you're if you're the Giants, I think this is smart, yeah, giving him that's you know a lot of people aren't aren't loving the fact they just didn't let him walk because he had no sacks last year, but I think it's smart giving him you know at least franchising him, at least giving him another year to prove himself with the Giants, and obviously you know he puts up the picture of Joe put up the picture of Joe Tooney and. Again, with the unstable quarterback situation with the Patriots and what you might have to pay at that position next year, say you want to pay Cam Newton, I think it's smart to franchise him there as well. But we're now gonna we're now gonna go on to a guy who's not gonna make it into free agency, and that's uh, Miles Garrett because he got he he's got a huge contract from the Browns. You know, not official yet, but they're finalizing a five year, one hundred twenty five million dollar deal, which that's twenty five million a year, which is gonna make him the the highest uh, non quarterback, highest paid non quarterback in the league, and yes. There was one absolutely despicable, despicable incident. I mean, the, what happened against the Steelers was absolutely despicable. You, there's no condoning it. There's no defending it. But you cannot argue this guy's talent. I mean, this guy has 30 and a half sacks in three years. He had 10 sacks last year in 10 games and probably would have had 15 or 16 if it wasn't for that incident with Mason Rudolph. So you just cannot argue about how talented this guy is. He is, he, he is one of the best edge rushers in the game you could argue he's he's only 24 you could argue he's in the top five of edge rushers in the league with uh tj watt von miller and khalil mack he and even the guy joe brought up daniel hunter he's in that conversation and jj watt i mean he's he's definitely in that conversation he's so talented i i he is the best defensive player on the browns so yes i know there's gonna be a lot of hate for this because you know the incident was so bad the way he you know struck uh struck mason rudolph in the head with with this helmet that incident was so bad but i really like this deal for the browns i think you gotta lock up you gotta take care of your best players especially when they play the defensive end position i mean you could argue that that or defensive tackle or corner are the second most important position to quarterback so and that there's a reason defensive ends are getting paid in that 23 to 25 million dollar range there's a reason for that is because they are so so vital to a defensive success and a, and a team success so i really like the move for uh for miles garrett yes the incident was terrible but you have to look at the talent you have to look at the upside and the potential and the way he's played the last two years instead of one incident, which is uncondonable, but you have to look past that one incident and, and look at what kind of player this guy is going to be for the Browns. Yeah, so, so my, oh, oh, no, no, no problem. You're back, Justin. You, you can finish. If you want. No, no, you're, you're good. You're good. I finished. Right, you're, right. you're good. Yeah. So I don't know what happened. My laptop just froze up there for a minute. Yeah. Um, Miles Garrett. Yeah. Um, been one of the best defensive ends. And one of the few Browns picks that has actually worked out for the Cleveland. I mean, listen, listen. How could you miss on a first-round pick? And he was the number one overall pick. Yeah, you could say, yeah, it's one of the Browns picks that's worked out. But it's very hard to miss on a number one. It's hard to miss on a number one overall pick. It is. Um, I'm thinking, you know, we, there, there's been a couple. Um, you know, like a Jamar Russell or Eric Fisher. But this guy's been really good. Um, yeah, that incident, probably one, the worst incident will 
you know, hopefully, you know, we'll never see hopefully another incident like what Miles Garrett did. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a guy you have to keep on your defense, especially trying to build something in Cleveland, trying to get back to the playoffs, trying to win a title. They, they, you know, they, they're, they have the team, I think, to do that. Um, and this is definitely a guy you definitely have 30 and a half, 30 and a half career sacks so far in his career. He's been really, really good on the defensive end. You got to pay your DNs. You got to be able to get to the quarterback in this league. And it's a smart move by Cleveland to lock him up. I know the incident, you know, was awful, but this is a, you know, this is a guy you have to keep around. Um, and just hopefully that he's learned and that he will never do something like that again. Um, you know, you kind of got to hope. Yeah, we won't. You know, hopefully, won't, I don't think he'll be doing something like that again. Hopefully. Hopefully he matures and he becomes an outstanding player in this league. But we're now going to talk about uh, the – you can't say the Redskins anymore. So we're going to talk about the football team in Washington. They have now retired the name Redskins, and they will be looking for a new name for, for, the, for, for, for the team. And this is a long time coming. And, and, this, and, this, is pretty, and this is pretty obvious. I mean, I think Joe put – Joe might have put something on the screen. He said, according to the Washington Post, FedEx sent a letter to the team stating its intention to remove all signage starting in 2021 season if the name wasn't changed. Snyder had not yet told him of the plan. So, and the thing is, is this is the right move for the Redskins. I mean, not changing this name. They've had, this was being talked about back in 2012 of them changing this, changing their name. Daniel Snyder needs to do this. Uh, the, The names, the name definitely needs to get changed. It's a slang term. For, it's a slang term for Native Americans. I don't know how long, and, and I don't know how how long why why this lasted so long. This needed to be done years ago. But I, I am definitely in support of the Redskins changing their name. But but the, and, and Joe put up some uh, some names on the screen: the Griffins, the the Warriors, the Renegades. Uh, those those three names. Also, you can look at the Red Wolves too. I was thinking about the Red Wolves. You know, you, you don't have to really change. You still have red in front of the name, and, and you say Red, red Wolves. So that, that, that's another that's another potential change. Uh, another name change. My guess is the Warriors. That's going to be my guess for for the new Redskins name is, is the Warriors. So, what are your thoughts on all this, Justin? Yeah, it's been a long. I, I agree with you. It's it's should be. It's been a long time coming. I know this. They're named when they came in the league, nineteen thirty three. But in this day and age, I don't. You can't get away with a team name like that. Um, it's just you know, and it's just it's something that's gotta be done at this point i you know um you know and i know you know look it was tough for Sander to do you know as we saw that in that press release you know he just it just seems like he's doing this because he had you know he has to they were losing you know especially you know the fedex losing them and especially nike because they sponsor all the uniforms and everything that that's the big one you know, I know 2012, he wasn't, he, or 2012, 2013, he never wanted to change the name or he never was going to. At this day and age, you have to. Um, you know, I kind of like the Red Hawks. I, you know, I kind of want them to go, you know, I think when you're in Washington, I think you should have something that is in the, you know, in the nation's capital. Like, I, I'd love to see him go back to, like, the Washington Senators or something. I've even seen, like, Washington mon- mon- Monuments, which I don't really like. I'd like to, like the centers. I know that was the baseball team, but um, I guess I wouldn't mind like the Red Hawks or the Red Tails, kind of the two that um, I think they're kind of leaning towards. Um, but the other thing about this too, in um, 
is I know Daniel Snyder wants a new stadium. So I don't know why, you know, so it's like he can kind of leverage to try to get a new stadium by rebranding the team name. And you also, I think this could be big too for um, when they do come out with the new name is all the red, um, all the Washington fans going to buy the new merchandise, but also the old fan, the or also fans trying to buy the rest of the old name of the, you know, of trying to sell out all, getting all those um, before they're, you know, you can never buy something like that again. And uh, here's, here's a statement from the Redskins. Uh, on July 3rd, we announced the commencement of a thorough review of the team's name. The review has been, has begun in earnest as part of, of this process. We want to keep our sponsors, fans, and community appraised of our uh, thinking going forward. And yeah, they, they, they definitely were accountable there. But the the only the only issue here with Daniel Snyder though is, and you see the tweet from Dwayne Haskins. As a kid, I grew up in the DMV. It's always going to be HTTR. But look, looking forward to the future, and it could stay H. If they become the, if they if they're the Red Wolves, it could stay HTTR. Yeah. Hail to the Red Wolves instead of hail to the Redskins. But yeah, and you see other tweets from a Ross Tucker. Uh, I guess all the jerseys, t-shirts, helmets, etc. that I have in my house are collector's items now because he was a former redskin and uh yeah they're they're not relevant and tyron matthews you see his tweet yeah unbelievable Ah, so we see you see a lot of you see a lot of the tweets up and uh yeah yes but the the biggest thing here is you know you know when the george floyd thing happened in uh in may i think this this really led to this movement i think you know a lot of sponsors were obviously you know fedex uh, coca-cola nike were putting a ton of pressure on daniel snyder to make this to make this change but the sad part, you know, and this this is kind of an indictment on Daniel Snyder is if he didn't have all this pressure to change the name, I'm convinced he's not changing that name. Yeah. And there's no way I'm convinced he's, he's, he's changing the name. I think he backed he backed away from the pressure, and that's why he, he changed his name. Yeah, I, he had to. I you know, yeah yeah I you know he was kind of pretty much forced into it with losing sponsors. Yeah, if none of this all happened, I don't think the Redskins would ever change the name. I think they'd always be. Um, their, you know, the old name. I would be shocked to see him ever change it. Um, which, you know, it, this, you know, because they were losing all the money. He kind of, you know, he had to. And it's kind of, you know, it's sad that, it, you know, that that's the only way he's going to change it. I know, you know, his dad loved the name and all that. So I understand all that part. It's just, you know, this day and age, you just got to be able to just do it. You, you know, you got to be able to change it. It's just, you know, um, it's it. You know, it's going to be weird. I know, especially going to be weird um, for all Washington fans that it's not going to be the old name. But yeah, you, with all when all those incidents happened with the George Floyd incident, it, you know, you got a good feeling that this was probably going to be yeah, you know, um, they were going to have to change it. Yeah, it's going to be very weird to Redskins fans that grew up in like the '80s and the early '90s because because uh, obviously the Redskins in those days were the outside of the 49ers, they were the top organization in the league. They won from '83 to '92. They won three Super Bowls, and the amazing thing was they won three Super Bowls with three different starting quarterbacks. I mean, imagine that's why Joe Gibbs is one of the greatest coaches of all time. But they won three Super Bowls. They won three Super Bowls in that span from '82 to. 82 to 90, 80, my bad, 82 to 91. They won three Super Bowls in 10 years, got to four Super Bowls. Cause remember they lost the year after they won the Super Bowl. They beat the Dolphins and they lost to the Raiders the, the next year. So four, 
four Super Bowls in 10, in 10 years. So they, they, there's a really a great tradition. And they were very good in the seventies too, under George Allen. So they had a, so a great tradition. Redskins, the Redskins have had a great tradition. And a lot of those, you know, fans that grew up in those days are just could, could be a little upset because that tradition is going away. But what they need to understand is this is a completely offensive term to native Americans. This is 2020. It's people need to evolve. And this name just, it, it, it had to change. I, I, I know there's history. I know there's tradition. I was listening. I purposely listened to uh, 106.7, the fan in, in DC on Monday. And obviously there were hosts on that station that were upset and fa- and people calling that station that upset because, Oh, the tradition, the tradition, the tradition, the tradition. I mean, Oh, the tradition, the tradition. Well, you got to be progressive. You got to stop worrying about the tradition and everything and worry about what's going on now. You got to be progressive. This is what has to happen. I don't, I don't care about the tradition. It has to happen. Be progressive and be for this change. Yeah, you have to. And then kind of going back to somebody lived in um, DC, I was listening to Michael K show Monday and Peter Rosenberg, who's actually from DC, who's, you know, what he is a Redskin fan. Yeah, he is. So he said he hasn't worn that logo in years because he's been wanting the name change. So there's, you know, an incident where somebody wants it. So he said he can't wait to be able to wear his, you know, whatever new team is, you know, that merchandise around now. Um, he said he hasn't worn it in years because he's been wanting the name change. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it is, you know, there, yeah, there's definitely fans out there that, yeah, I definitely do not want the name change because of all the history. But then you also, I'm with you, you got to be progressive in this day and age and it's just it's a slang term and you can't you know again you're probably losing more fans if you did keep the name so and then you lose more money anyways because you're losing all the sponsors so it just makes sense you, you have to in this day and age you can't keep a name like that oh n- not at all not at all not at all and for us being younger people knowing the redskins is losing it would be kind of fitting this will never happen but it'd be fitting if they named him the Generals. That would, that would kind of be that would, that'd be funny, knowing how much losing the Redskins have done. Yeah, yeah, because I've only seen them in, you know, I just remember the one year they had RG3 make the playoffs. That's really been about it. You know, I rest of I've seen them in the NFL. It's, they've not been very good. Um, they've been one of the bottom teams, so that would be a good one, watching Generals. Yeah, the organization's been a total, total okay. joke ever since Daniel Snyder took over. I mean, guys like – I mean, Daniel Snyder makes guys – our, our with the Giants, our owners look like geniuses. That, that's that's the thing. It makes the Mayor family, who has not been good the last in the last decade, it makes them look like geniuses, knowing how how big of a fool Daniel Snyder is. Yeah, yeah. Two two of the biggest uh, or two of the worst owners in one division, Jerry Jones and Daniel Snyder. I wouldn't go that. I wouldn't go that far with Jerry Jones. Yeah, I think yeah, I think he's he's above average or above average. But I agree with you with Daniel Snyder. Daniel Snyder is one of the worst owners. I would say even all in all sports, not just not just. Not just uh, in the NFL in all sports. Yeah, no, I yeah, I one of the words. I definitely put a one of the words. They they've just been a total joke pretty much since he's taken over. Um, yeah, it's it, it's it's sad when you were talking about the history that you know they've had all that history, but now they're just yeah, like us younger generation, we just think of them as pretty much a joke to the NFL because yeah. you know they'd probably be the biggest joke if it wasn't for the Browns. So yeah, it's sad. Yeah, losers and and just complete doormats in the NFC East. They've had one NFC East title since Daniel Snyder took over. They've had one, uh, two NFC East titles since Daniel Snyder took over. That was in uh, twelve with RG three and uh, fifteen with Kirk Cousins. Oh yeah, I forgot about fifteen. They didn't make the playoffs. So yeah, I've seen them twice make the make the playoffs. Yeah, but the thing is, when they make the playoffs, they're one and done. You don't even remember them being in the playoffs. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I forgot about fifteen. I really remember twelve because RG three. Um, I, um, they, yeah, it's just been a total geo pretty much since he's um, 
taken over. It's just, yeah, it's sad to see. So final prediction for the, for the, uh, for what name they're going to pick. I'm saying the Warriors. I'm going to go with the Red Hawks. Interesting. Interesting. It, it could still, still be HGTR. Yeah. Still HGTR there. I mean, he's be hail to the Red Hawks. If they don't have to change, they don't have to change. They, they might have changed a little bit of words to the song, but they wouldn't. They still be HTTR there if, if 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 they are the Red Hawks. Yep. So we are going to transition into uh, college football, and it has. There's been a lot of things going on in college football this week. The uh, Big Ten already said they're only going to play conference games. Then the Pac-12 the next day said they're only going to play conference games. Uh, this this happened uh, after the Ivy League completely canceled their season altogether, and we remember the Ivy League was first in March canceling their tournament, and that's and it's and that led to a whole series of cancellations. Uh, and uh, I think the uh, Patriot League also uh, canceled fall sports. So did the uh, NESAC, the league that uh, Wesley and uh, Trinity are in. So we've had three 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 college conferences already cancel. Uh, uh, cancel fall sports get the big 10 and the, and the, and the pack 12 already say uh we're only going to play conference games and the other three conferences are going to decide their fate in late july but i think we're really trending in a direction where even if we play they're only going to be conference games but honestly i don't think we're gonna have a college football season because i think it's a little bit hypocritical to uh to cancel like for example wisconsin and notre dame is not going to play at lambeau field but Illinois could fly all the way to Piscataway, New Jersey, and play a game. I'm that's completely. That's totally hypocritical. I'm I mean, tell you the reason. Yeah, tell, tell me the reason. This is the reason. Okay. So, without fans in the stands. Yes. When Ohio State plays like a Kent State. Yeah. You're gonna lose money. Ohio yeah. State does not want to pay the Kent State. The Michigan does not want to pay Eastern Michigan. That's why yeah. they're doing this to save money because they know they're not gonna have fans in the seat. That's the big reason why. But, but like Wisconsin, Notre Dame, does Wisconsin have to pay Notre Dame to play that game? No, they just, you know, they're just, but because they can't tell Kent State, I'm going to cancel. Ohio State can't tell Kent State, I'm going to cancel this game, but we're going to keep like a Notre Dame on our schedule. They can't, you know, like the, that school is going to get mad because a group of five, they make their budget all year. They, they, Going to Ohio State and getting absolutely destroyed by 60 funds their whole athletic department for the next year. That's why they do these bit. That's why they that's why they do those games. That's why they try to get that's why they, you know, they go to Ohio State to the world, the Michigans. Yeah, you, you know. play these unwatchable football games for from for pretty much for money. Yeah, well, it does they do it to fund their athletic program. So that's why, because the MAC conference wants the Big Ten to pay their schools that they were supposed to play the money still because they know they're not going to get it now and they know they're going to be desperate for money these programs so that's why they're do that's the big reason why they're doing it to save money but answer this question why is it okay for florida state to if they do the all-conference play why would it be okay and i mean i know the sec and ac haven't made a decision yet but why would it be okay for like for if florida state can't play florida but uh but Florida could play Missouri. See, that's what makes no sense. Or like Clemson can't play South Carolina, but Clemson could go up to Chestnut Hill and play BC. It makes no sense at all with conference realignment. I mean, a lot of these teams are all are all over all, all, are all over the place. You look at the Big Ten; it goes from Piscataway, New Jersey, to Lincoln, Nebraska. You look at the ACC; it goes from Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts, to uh, Gainesville, Florida. These teams are. These teams are all over the place, and then in the in the SEC, it goes from 
I know that I meant, my bad. I meant uh, Tallahassee, Florida with the ACC, but like in, in the SEC, it goes from Gainesville, Florida to, to Columbia, Missouri. It's like it, these teams now with, with realignment are all over the place where, I mean, you look at some certain conferences that, you know, the PAC 12 is the one conference where everybody's pretty much in the same area. The Big 12 mostly is in the same area, but you have West Virginia, who's completely out of the Big 12 territory. And then you look at the American Conference, who my dad's friend is the assistant commissioner for. You're, te- you're saying, like, t- t- Temple, can't play- Temple can't play UConn this year, but they can play Houston? That makes no sense at all. That's why I, I personally think there's no way there's going to be a college football season because it's completely hypocritical for conference to say we're only going to play conference games, but then you have non-conference games that are much shorter distance that you're not going to play. It's totally hypocritical. And – one of the things I think is made, you know, don't be surprised that they do this. Now, I know Florida, Florida State, like all those, you know, the ACC, SEC last weekend rivals games of the year, they want to continue playing each other next year. I would not be shocked. Now, the SEC, I think the last conference is going to this because of how much the SEC, um, or how much that fan, you know, how important football is down there, the Southeastern Conference, you know, just people down there in the Southeastern Conference. Um, area the you know area i would not be shocked to see like the sec and the acc just join together or something like that now the thing is about pitt bc syracuse this is where i could kind of see uconn come into play because yeah you can't have syracuse go all the way down to florida state i could see like a uconn maybe you know just joining in for the year because i think nordane because i think nordane is like the stepchild of the acc they're not going to leak because nordane's and every other um you know, every other sport, they are part of the ACC conference. So their ACC conference is not going to let Nordane stand out in the rain here. They're going to invite Nordane to play ACC schools. So I think, you know, they're, they'll be able to get the pit, the BCs. Now, again, I know Pitt and BC are, are rivals in Nordane. I know Syracuse aren't. Obviously, you know, um, you know uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Like, um, so I could kind of see – they're really geographically going to try to do this, like keep Florida State with the Georgia Techs, the Clemson, the world. Um, I, so that's why I wouldn't be shy to see the SEC, ACC kind of maybe um, gang up here. I could see that with Conference USA, it's a Sun Belt, um, doing something like that. I could see that coming. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I don't, I'd be shocked to see a schedule come out where like Syracuse goes down to Florida State. I don't see that happening because that's what they're going to have to do. Um, again, I'm with you. I'm trying to get it into my, cause you know how much of a college football fan. I oh am. yeah. I'm yeah. starting to drill, trying to get in my head. Like I, you know, the first, the last week of August, there will be no college football. I'm really starting to try to get to that point. So I'm not too depressed that first weekend when there's no college football. I honestly, I don't think there's, there's going to be college football for the entire year because you cannot, because with the cases rising in other States and you cannot, uh, the, the, these athletic directors cannot prioritize TV contracts over kids' safety. I mean, it's not the NFL. I mean, these kids are not even getting paid. These are 18 to 20-year-old kids. You can't prioritize big TV contracts over uh, kids' safety of kids. That's why, I mean, maybe the season might start, but I can't see it finishing. I just think too many guys are going to come up with the virus, come up with the virus, come down with the virus, and I just can't see uh, this season finishing. But another point you made, a good point you made was uh, – the UConn and Notre Dame thing. I mean, what, what's going to happen with them? Yeah, Notre Dame could join the ACC, but UConn, very good question. What's going to end up happening with them as an independent? They don't really they they haven't 
they're not in a conference. This is the first time they're because they left the AAC to go to the Big East, and the Big East doesn't have football. What's going to end up happening with them? So, yeah, two things. I mean, I don't think there's going to be a season because you got to care about safety of kids first. And what's going to happen with team independence, like you kind of Notre Dame? Yeah. So first talk, and yeah, I you know with the player safety, yeah, they don't get paid. And let's remember too, these coaches when these coaches go to the in-house. Yeah, we just lost just. Okay, I got it. Okay. And they sit down. You're back. You're back. You're good. Um, and when they sit, okay, and when they sit down, you know, talking to the family and go, I'm going to protect your kid. Your kid's going to be safe hands with me. Nothing bad's going to happen. The minute something bad happens and they're actually playing on that field and somebody has an underlying health issue, and because let's be honest, there's 128 FBS teams. At least one, you know, there's some kids that are going to have an underlying health issue. That moment that kid's on a hospital in the ventilator or God forbid dies, there'll be a lawsuit against the university. And what is that going to say in the coach's record that are coaches, you know, the next time he goes in a hidden house recruiting visit, yeah, how, how do you trust, you know, like there's a lot of responsibility, you know, you can't have that happen. I, I think that's a big reason why too. And yes, the NCAA is a corrupt business. They care more about the money than the players, but they don't make the general decision. It's the conferences make their own decision about everything here. Um, but that's the big reason why. Just I don't see it happening. They're not getting paid. I think parents, if they do try, I think you're going to get a lot of parents that are going to be very upset and want their kids um, off the field. They're not playing, um, especially if schools aren't in session. There's no way you can have that going on. I just I think it's going to turn into a huge, huge problem. Um, and going to the independent thing with UConn, that's it's, you know, again, you have Army there. You have UMass around you. I think if the ACC wants to do this, you've got to help out Syracuse, the Pittsburghs, the BCs, because they're not, you know, I know you have Virginia, Virginia Tech as well around that area, but they can't. Virginia, Virginia Tech maybe a little bit different. I probably wouldn't say you can go to Florida, but, you know, maybe you go to Georgia Tech or something. They're going to need teams to play as well. So I think UConn maybe can look out and the ACC kind of gives them the okay to play at UConn maybe, um, an Army. Because they're going to need games. Nordane, I think, you know, probably in the same boat. We'd probably be in the same boat as UConn if they want to. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't see a college football season. You know, I, spring is even tough. Because I guess they have asked the NFL if they could push the draft back. And they're not doing that. NFL will not push that draft back. I guarantee you they're not doing it. The NFL is not doing it. They're equal to college football, no. So then you lose out on the big names that are drafted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I mean, that's why playing a season in the spring makes no sense. Because if you play a season in the spring, you know you're not getting Trevor Lawrence. You know you're not getting Justin Fields. You know you're not getting Micah Parsons. You know you're not getting Jamar Chase. You know you're not getting – and Ross, the other receiver for Clemson. You know you're not getting the top players. That That's obvious. You're, you're projected first or second-round pick. There's no way you're playing any college football in the spring. Or even if you're projected even be drafting even the third or fourth round. You're, there's no way you're playing college football in the spring. The product will be completely watered down if that's the case. And the, the thing is, is when you play the next season, do you go from playing the spring to then playing in the fall? That's too much. I think if there's no college football in 2020, and there's a very good chance there isn't going to be college football, they'll, they'll just do away with college football for 2020. And and right now, in my opinion, I like college. I don't like college. You, you like college football more than me. But and I'm a I'm a college football fan. I, I mean, yeah, not as much as as, as and not as much as I am an NFL fan. But if uh, at this point, I hate to say it, there should be no college football. 
they're not unless there's a miracle in the next two weeks i i'd i'd be shocked i just you're looking for trouble um i'm with you know yeah in the spring it, again it's going to change college it's going to change all college sports um in the future if there's no college football this year pretty much d1 d2 d3 i know juco already said spring they're going to play um that even kind of changes things up for the kids that, who commit for next fall you know in 2021 um, how does that kind of affect the, you know, that, you know, are going to go play at D1? I don't agree with any, any, I don't care if it's Juco. I don't care if it's Ivy League. I don't care if it's anything. I don't agree with any of them playing in the spring. Yeah. I, it, it, I know it's not, it's not going to work. It's, you know, again, it, and it's such a, it's going to be a huge, huge, huge impact. Florida actually said their AD said that they can survive one year without college football. Cause I think it's like, 80, you know, there's like 70, 75, or 80% of their athletic budget is from football. And he said if there's none for some odd, you know, if they can't 2021, he said they're going to be in trouble. And that's Florida. Think of the D3s, the D2s that don't have any money. Even the lower D1 schools. College boards are going to be changed forever now without college football. Because I'd, I'd be shocked. I don't even think college basketball is going to start in January. So I, I agree with you there, too. It's, it's, they're, you know, it's, and I think that's why there's a lot of pressure on these ADs and these conference um, directors right now. Cause they know, I think they all, they all know that that's going to be the issue. And I think they, you know, it's just going to kill college sports. And that's what I'm afraid of. And I know it's going to happen because I'm such a big college sports fan in general. It's just, it, it's going to kill the sport. It, it, it really, it's going to kill all sports and it, it sucks, but. You know, that's, that's where we're going to. And there's really not much you can do. You can't put the lives of the kids right now in, in harm. Especially, yeah, especially in college, especially in college athletics. You cannot put, I mean, kids that are not getting paid, you cannot put, put you can't put television, like I said at, at the top of this, when we talked about, the, when we started with this topic, you cannot put uh, kids' health and safety, you can't put television contracts ahead of kids' health and safety. I don't care how big the TV contracts are; you just can't do it. It's not. This isn't the NF. This isn't. This isn't the pros. This isn't. This is Major League Baseball. It's in the NFL. It's in the NBA. You can't put television contracts ahead of health and safety, and that's exactly why there should not be a season. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I 100 agree with you. I, you know, unless there's a giant miracle in the next few weeks, which obviously is probably not going to happen. Yeah, there's going to be no season. Yes. So we're going to shift our attention to the NBA. And we had some news this week about the Rockets and uh, Russell Westbrook. Uh, and, and Joe put up a graphic, 19 positive tests since July 1st. I mean, hasn't been as many since they went into the bubble. But, yes, there's been 19 positive tests since July 1st. Russell Westbrook tests positive for the coronavirus. I mean, we hope he's doing okay. We hope he recovers from it. Uh, like anybody who comes down with this virus, we hope they the recovery. They hope they make a great recovery from it. Uh, but yeah, but if you look at the Rockets right now, they're going to be in some trouble coming to the bubble because you have Westbrook tested positive. And another story is James. And here's another one. Here's his, here's a statement. I tested positive for COVID-19 prior to my team's departure to Orlando. I'm currently feeling well quarantined and looking forward to rejoining my teammates when I am cleared. Thank you for all the well wishes and continued support. Please take this virus series, be safe, mask up. Why, and you have to ask Jack, why not? And he's a hundred percent right about that. I mean, this is just a, uh, this is something that you just have. Even, even and this is, this is why we're in the state we're in, in this country, because not enough people, you know, and, and Connecticut have done a great job, but not enough people in this country have taken this virus seriously. You know, people not wearing masks, uh, people just going out, 
uh, ran- randomly, not taking precautions, not following the protocol. That's why this virus is the way it is. Great, great statement by Russell Westbrook right there. And we start, we talk about the Rockets. Russell Westbrook, you know, obviously testing positive. And then another story people haven't been talking that much about is James Harden did not go on the team plane to Orlando either for unknown reasons. So the Rockets are a little bit of a mess going into this, uh, going into this, uh, going into the bubble. Uh, but about but. And there are other teams in the West that are a mess too. The Jazz are a mess because of the Gobert, uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell thing. Uh, the Nuggets, they've had uh, Jokic coming out with the virus. It's looking like in the Western Conference, it's going to be the Lakers and Clippers. Uh, uh, it's going to be the, between those two teams because they look like clearly the two best teams right now. They do. They look like the only two teams. Yeah, they kind of have their team together right now. And I know Rondo's uh, gone for six, eight weeks. Um, and I don't know if you saw when Joel Embiid arrived in Orlando, he had a hazmat suit on. Um, I heard as well yesterday that, that that hotline, the NBA hotline for, you know, if guys do leave the bubble, um, that, I guess, has been ringing off the hook. So yeah, you, 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 saw, you saw your guy, uh, Rashawn Holmes, get a little yeah. bit of trouble. Yes, yeah, he's got to go back into quarantine, get, trying to get food, as we saw. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I guess he didn't know he could leave the room. Um, it's just, uh, you know, and he's been huge this year for us because Devontae Deadman has not really done much at all for us, so he's been our big center. Um, so that one kind of hurts us whenever you know if you miss some time, but yeah, it's just, um, even the Rockets guy, I forgot who I um, who it was, left his room. He didn't know he could leave his room. It's like, like, how do you make that mistake though? Like, your core, you know, I. I just, I just don't see. I just don't know how this. And even the Nets just lost um Michael Beasley, right? I think he got um COVID. Yeah, he left the bubble. Yep. That's another net player that they just signed that got COVID. So he's gone, and he's got to miss the first five games as well, um, to a drug um incident from last year. So he suspend, you know, the first five games. So uh, it's just a mess right now, um, you know, for the, for the Nets. I just. You know, with the Russell situation, he's got to be careful too, especially if James Harden has it too. You have Mike D'Antonio, who's one of the older coaches in the league as well. So that's where I'd be a little bit concerned. You know, is you, you got to be careful, of course, around, around everybody, but especially an older, you know, especially an older coach like D'Antonio. You know, that's that's the last. You mean D'Antoni? D'Antoni, yeah. Get, get, get him mixed up with the, with the former Michigan State yeah. head coach. Yeah, I got him. Yeah, my bad. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just that's the last guy you want to get sick is your head coach, and especially his older age. It's just, I, I, you know, I still don't see them playing. I, I really don't at this point. I I disagree because I think the protocol there is really really good. They have the tastes have been down since since they've gone into the bubble. I think you know the. I, I really like the protocol. The NBA spent a lot of money on this. Yes, last week I was with you. There were there was some. I thought they were in trouble, but. Yeah, I know there's 19 positive tests in July 1st, but a, a good amount of those were when they were outside the bubble. So I, I, I think that uh, I think the I think this is I, I'm one, I might be in the minority here, but I think this is going to work. I think Silver's done a really good job putting putting this together. Yeah, and and I like the protocol. If you leave you leave your bubble, you you do certain things, you get food when you're not supposed to get food, you're back into quarantine. So I really like this protocol by the NBA, and I and I disagree there. I think this I I think it's going to work. I like it. Yeah, you know, they've done a good job making sure that everybody's been in there. I'm kind of wondering if they've, you know, been able to catch the guys who have, let, you know, who have been called out on this hotline or whatever. Um, 
But I think the reason why it doesn't is I think the minute like a LeBron James, a Giannis Antetokounmpo gets it, you know, I, you know, and I know James Harden said, you know, it hasn't. Again, we could speculate, but you know, I just when one of these stars comes down with it, I just think it's going to be game over. I really do, especially if it gets to the point where they actually do start playing and the Lakers lose LeBron James for two, three weeks. Like, I, you know, they ain't going to make the Lakers happy. Here, here are the guys that it would be game over with if if they if, if uh, LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, uh, AD, uh, Harden. If any of those guys came down with it while they're in the bubble, I agree with you. Game over. Yeah. But uh, other guys, I don't think so. It's got to be one of the superstars for them to shut this thing down, in my opinion. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It definitely does. And, I, you know, again, I could just – especially, you know, if they do come down with it in the middle of the playoffs, I think where LeBron – how about, like, a LeBron and AD both get it? You know, right at the same time, in the right before the Western Conference Finals. You know LeBron is thinking a petition to shut the thing down if that oh, happens. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I just – you know, I think any of those superstars would try to, you know, stop this thing. So they've seen those, you know, um, I, so that's why I just, I just, I see that something like that happens and it's all over. And I think that's why they won't finish. I wouldn't be surprised they start off, they start, but I think it's a minute. I think the minute one of those guys gets it, it's done. Yeah, I, I think they definitely start. I think how are they, the question is, how are they going to be able to stay in this quarantine for the amount of time. Cause you look at teams that could make the NBA finals. They're going to be in this quarantine until the middle of October. How, as how are you going to be able to live this kind of life as and the NBA players don't, don't even come close to living this kind of life. This is, this is completely unnormal to what they live. How are they going to be able to live this kind of life for, for three months? Even the teams that get, get far in the playoffs, how are they going to, be able to live this life? That's going to be the question. Yeah. That's because yeah, you know, you're staying in Orlando too. It's not like you're staying at some, you know, you know, city that doesn't really have, you know, it's like Orlando in the middle of summer, even when you're, you're, October, it's you're, you're right next to Disney. Yeah. That's the thing. And especially because I heard, I think Disney's open and players, families can start coming at the end of August or end of September. I believe what's going to happen at that point when families are here and their kids are going to want to go to Disney. You're not keeping kids out of, you know, like now you're getting now as a player, you're going to have to say you, you can't go to Disney, but Something like that happened, like, I just, I just don't, I don't, I just, yeah, I can't see these guys staying in a bubble for another, um, what, four, three months? Yeah, with these guys' lives, there's no way. They go out, you know, it, it just, it won't, I just don't see it playing to the full. I just don't. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. We'll see what ends up happening. It'll be very interesting, but we'll see what ends up happening. But. We're gonna, because we're Yankee fans, we're going to wrap up the show talking about Aroldis Chapman, who uh, pet tested positive for COVID-19 on Saturday. Uh, and he's going to be out for a significant amount of time because this is, this is going to take a hit. The Yankee bullpen will still be good, but this is definitely going to – the Yankee bullpen is definitely going to take a hit because of this because now you're going to have to move Zach Britton to the closer, who is who, – who has proven he can close. I mean, he closed for four and a half years in Baltimore, has closed at times for the Yankees. Uh, that now Adam out of Vino moves up to being the setup man. The big question is going to be is, is the seventh thing. Is, is it, it going to go to Chad Green or is it going to go to Tommy Canely? That's going to be the big question to see w- what ends up happening uh, for with the Yankees. And actually, we got a video of, uh, of Boone talking about Chapman. We're, we're, we're going to go to that now. Hello. Uh, we did have a player test positive. 
Um, it was Aroldis Chapman. Um, so he is not at camp. Um, he's, he's got mild symptoms, but overall is doing well. And so, you know, he will not be here uh, for the foreseeable future. Beyond that, I'm not going to get into commenting uh, much on him. How do you prepare every day with, you know, with just the news you just told us about Chapman? I'm glad to hear that he's doing all right. Like every day, knowing that this could happen, how, mo how much of a challenge is it as a manager to deal with that? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, we've, we've spent a lot of months trying to get to this point and, um, you know, certainly understand, you know, what we were getting into when we came here and, and certainly understand that, um, you know, hopefully on a small level, but we're, that we're going to have to deal with these things along the way. So um, kind of try to prepare myself for it every day and, and kind of be prepared to, you know, handle any news. You know, we've gotten a long, lot of news along the way, um, you know, within the organization. If we have had a positive test, um, you know, you just try and deal with it as best you can kind of as a family and uh, uh, constantly just reminding one another to make sure we're as best we can um, taking smart steps to, to, to limit our exposure. Yeah, and you heard you heard you heard Boone say. I mean, we're gonna have to work through this, which uh, they're gonna have to. And obviously, you know, hoping that he's okay and taking positive steps going forward. You know, with with the rest of the players. I mean, and 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 he's right about that. I mean, they're obviously gonna have to work through it. They did work through a lot of injuries last year, so I'm confident that they're gonna be able to work through this one this year. I mean, moving Britain to, to the closer closer. Uh, uh, you got obviously Adovino will be the eighth inning guy. Then the question will be Green or Canely in the seventh. And I think it's ultimately going to end up being Tommy Canely because I, in the beginning, especially at the beginning, because I think Masahiro Tanaka is not going to go through the first the, the first round. He's not going to go through the first time in the rotation. So I think Chad Green may you may end up seeing Chad Green as an opener in the in in the, in the uh, first week of the season. So that's what I think about the Yankee bullpen. And yeah, I mean they're going to have to work through it. And obviously. You know they've they've worked they've worked through injuries before. You see Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, uh, he got hurt. He got uh, he, he's yeah. uh, neck neck injury. Yeah, he got hurt again the other the other day. So Boone did a great job with this last year, and I'm very very confident that Boone is going to do a really good job of this this year. Yeah, um, you know, Lee Chapman again with that bullpen, it's definitely a loss. It is your closer, but. Um, they should be able to get around it. Now, you know, going back to you know the seventy minute, Chad Green did did start last night for the inner squad um, uh, game. So yeah, there's you know I, I'm you know there's probably a good chance he's probably going to be the opener. Um, you know that kind of me first run, time around, Tanaka is not ready. Um, so definitely, um, you know, I, again, especially in ticket games, you really want to have your closer because. You, you know, you may not be able to afford, you know, blowing a game or two because it could really, really hurt you in the standings. But I think this is a team that's going to, you know, they should be they should be fine. Um, you know, Burton's closed for years in Baltimore. Um, I think he closed like 52 great games or something like that. So, um, he, you know, he should, do, should be fine in that back end of the bullpen. Um, yeah, Boone said all the right things in that interview. You know, keeping him away again. I still always just worry about Cole with the new, you know, his new son and all that. I, I just, you know, again, I, you know, hopefully it's been, you know, he's only the third player, Yankee player to get the virus. I, I still just worry um, about that. 
But, you know, again, it, you know, it hurts to lose Chavin for a, it hurts a little, you know, it, the loser close, it does hurt a bit, but you know, this Yankee team should be fine. The, you know, I, you know, you were right on hit, you know, last year too with the Yankees, all the injuries, they were able to push through it. They'd never really had any setbacks with it. Um, guys came up, you know, and just stepped up like a Gio Urshela, um, you know, Mike Tockman, everybody just, or uh, everybody just, Played their role, filled their role, and did a great job. Um, you know, sounds like Aaron Judge is, you know, sounds like you say, I heard he was taking BP yesterday, so that's a good sign that he should be wholly ready to go. Um, maybe tonight. I know they got exhibitions this week against the Mets and Phillies, but yeah, you know, I, this Yankee team should be fine. Um, and, you know, hopefully they can stay relatively healthy in a six game, 60 game season. Oh, absolutely. I think I'm, I'm really, I'm confident this team I'm, right now, as of right now, they are my, still my pick to win the world series, even in a six, and even, you know, it's going to be harder in a 60 game season, but they're still my pick to win the world series. I mean, uh, even, even, even if judges out, they still got to, you know, they got they hit, Hicks is back. They got Gardner. They obviously got Stanton. Uh, you got, you know, you got your Shella uh, and Duhar is going to be back. Uh, Torres, uh, Gary Sanchez, LeMayu should be ready for opening day and, and, and Luke Voigt. So I'm, I, and then you look at the rotation is it's, I mean, yes, Tanaka's going to be out, but obviously with the addition of Cole and uh, Cole and it's just, it should be a really, really, really good. Uh, it should be a really good team. I'm really excited for it. I mean, Tanaka's Joe says Tanaka's making progress as well. So this, this should be, this, I'm really excited for this. I'm really excited for the season. We'll be definitely be talking a lot about the Yankees uh, next week, knowing that opening day is on Thursday. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, you know, with you there, I think the you know, definitely I got the Yankees right there. I think you know, I am picking them to win the World Series as well. Um, they should, you know, you know, they should they should be right there anyways. You know, with gaining Cole, you take the Astros ace away from them too, which always helps. So uh, yeah, definitely, you know, Yankees should be right there, um, pushing through if there are any injuries. But yeah, you know, they should definitely be right there winning the World Series. Absolutely. And that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R and J. Uh, for Justin for Justin Nafrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week previewing the baseball season. Have a great weekend, everybody.